Hey, but right now it's Thursday night, and we are talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. We're talking sports. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, the Bucks travel out to San Francisco to play the 49ers, and that's a 425 kickoff, 330 pregame. And you can hear that right here on WLKF 96.7, 1430 AM. And uh, you can hear all that action coming from out there on the left coast. Coach Joe, a lot of things happening in sports. Gators had a really great week in the recruiting world. They got This is how far out we are now. This is what recruiting has come to. The Gators get a commitment from five-star 2024 quarterback DJ Lagway. Now, everybody's all fired up about this. It's a long way between now and signing day in 2024. But they do have another quarterback that they've got coming in for 2023, and they're very excited about him as well, and that'd be Jaden Rashada. And uh, then the Gators are also, like a lot of other teams, looking at the transfer portal for possibly a quarterback. Yeah, I've heard a number of things, among others, uh, Hartman out of Wake Forest as a potential transfer. Well, I'd love to have him. Yeah, he's really good. Now, May, the great quarterback at North Carolina, I'm hearing now that he's staying at North Carolina. He's said that he's going to enter the transfer portal. So uh, good for North Carolina because he's another excellent quarterback. But this is a time uh, uh, where we're seeing a lot of players leave. This is the time where they declare for the portal. The portal opens for a month or two. And they try to find another place to land. Some of the players want out. Some of the players are wanted out. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you're, you're going to see a lot of the activity heat up. But before that uh, is the uh, upcoming early signing day, first signing day uh, for 2023, which is, uh, I believe, right uh, before Christmas. December 21st. Uh, December I think. 21st. So, uh Interesting time for the Gators because they play in the bowl game on the 17th and yeah. then signing day on the 21st. So that could be a good or a bad thing. I wouldn't expect a lot out of the Gators on the 17th. They're down to Jack Miller, quarterback, who's a promising uh, quarterback but hasn't played all season long. And they also have a number of players who aren't, aren't going to be playing. Now, Oregon State, I don't know what condition they're in, but they were pretty good to begin with. Yeah. So, so I don't know if that's going to help or hurt recruiting. Uh, to I don't know if anybody's on the fence are going to watch that game. And, and in fact, actually, a poor performance sometimes actually helps recruiting his players say, hey, there's opportunities there. Yeah. Like with that five-star quarterback, he obviously sees that the, the Gators are basically starting from scratch at quarterback right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, every team in the country is, is going through similar circumstances in as much as, like you say, you know, some guys are leaving because they want to. And there, last I heard, there were over a thousand guys in the portal, and not all of them are going to find a home. And you know, I hear all this stuff about, well, you know, the school should have to pay for their education if they leave. I don't think so. You know, you're 18 years old. You can sign a contract. You're legal age to sign contracts. And if you choose to leave, 
you know, if a lot of those guys, I think they could be snuck in if, if you don't want to leave, say, listen, coach, I don't really want to leave. How about, you know, my ankle's really bad, so give me a medical exemption. I won't count against the scholarships. I don't know. I, I know that can be done. You know, it's probably unethical, but it's been done in the past. Well, these scholarships are generally year to year, aren't they, for the most part? Yeah, they are, but, I, you know, t- to me – you're 18 years old, and it kind of works both ways. And But like you said, I mean, some of them are leaving because they want to. Some are leaving because they've been asked to. Right. It's just in their best interest. You know, uh, Deion Sanders has taken the job at Colorado, and I believe the very first thing at his very first press conference was a uh, message to all the Col- current Colorado players. Enter the portal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he plans there's going to be some changes around here, basically, is what he's he's indicating. So uh, now Colorado, one of the worst teams in football. So, you know, I don't think anybody could have ever felt secure in their in their job as a player there. But he's he's clearly going to going to blow the place up and start over. Well, but bad teams, even bad teams, have some good players. And that's true. You know, for him to come in and say that. You know, I think he's trying to make a splash. I mean, he's a showman, and he's the kind of guy. I think you know his end game is to be the coach at Florida State. So if I'm a Florida State recruit and I'm Florida State, I'm saying look out because it would behoove him to try to go in and steal some more Florida State recruits. He stole the number one defensive back in the country last year from them. And uh, the more he hurts them, the more they might say, hey, it's, maybe we need him. But, you know, the, they did well enough. They went 9-3 and three this year, which was an excellent year. Best in the state among the major teams, really. Oh, yeah, they're, they're stabilizing nicely now. So Norvell is starting to uh, get this situation that he likes, and they'll be fine. Now they need to lower their expectations because I don't know if they're going to be able to contend in the ACC in the near future. But we'll we'll have to see how that goes. I wouldn't rule it out, but their their nine and three was uh, was you know all their losses were to teams like Wake Forest, yeah, by, uh, among others, Clemson, Clemson and, Clemson and, State, and yeah. NC State. Yeah, so they're behind all those teams right now in the conference. So they have a ways to go. And, and uh, no, you know, Prime is going to be all over it. He's going to be recruiting crazy hard everywhere. So watch out. Well, you know, he's going to he's going to come hard, and and he's good at what he does. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we come back. We're going to be talking Army Navy with Congressman Scott Franklin, a United States Naval Academy graduate. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Ray Guy, former punter for the Oakland Raiders. You are listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Hey, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Having a little technical difficulty right now trying to reach Congressman Scott Franklin. I can't imagine that he would have anything more important to do than be talking to us on the Ozone. Clarkster, you think maybe he's tending to the Eric Clark Foundation, launching a congressional investigation? No, I doubt it. <laughs> they wouldn't mess with the Clarkster. You know, that's just way too big for the government to take on. Well, you know, if you if you mess with someone and you find out that they're really nobody, you discovered you just wasted your time. Uh, I 
don't believe any, I believe any of that. Well, the 123rd edition of Army-Navy comes up this Saturday in Philadelphia. It's moved all over the country, and um, actually, I've, I've been to two of them. I went to one in Baltimore, one in Philadelphia, and I tell you, it is one of the most wonderful things you can ever do is to go to an Army-Navy game. What, what I loved about it is the competition is fierce, and yet at the end, they shake hands, and you don't see all the taunting and stuff that you see in a lot of other games. And to me, it's, it's one of my favorite games all year long, and I'm so glad that they have given this game its own time slot and its standalone. Well, yeah, I think it really represents college football. Uh, you know, it's uh, the very purest and, and most basic nature of it. And I think you pointed out that there's not a lot of uh, showboating or anything like that. It's just uh, it's just pure pure football. An interesting uh, stat is that uh, the t- games tend to be low scoring because there's not a lot of high powered offense. It's almost like watching watching a game from a hundred years ago. You, well, you probably remember watching a few of those <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> you know, or uh, or even back when I was younger, when there was a lot of a lot of running, a, a lot of grinded out. Uh, just a lot, a lot of punting, but still an exciting game that always goes down to the end. It's always close, and it's very evenly matched. And of course, there's all the great tradition that's involved in it. The way the the uh, the cadets and the midshipmen march into the stadium like that. It's it's just it's fun to watch, uh, as well as I imagine it's it's uh, for for a great number of reasons, but especially because. It's just if you just like football and, you know, as the game gets bigger and as more and more TV is involved, it gets flashier and and pyrotechnics and and craziness. But this is just pure football. They march in. They they get excited. They play a good game, a close competitive game, and and you see who wins. And at the end of the day, it is the season. It is the biggest game of the the lives for these players, and and that really makes it special. Yeah, it really does, and today – I was listening to some interviews, and they had the um, one of the Navy captains on. And one of the things I bristle when I hear people say, "Well, the quality of the football is not very good." Well, this is what football would look like if everybody had to meet every school's academic <laughs> requirements. This is what football would look like. You know, you, you wouldn't have those three hundred pound tackles, and you wouldn't have those guys running at four two five forty very often. Because these guys really are student athletes. And this guy, Nick Straw, now he's a senior. He's studying astrophysics. Um, you know, that's like basket weaving. It's one of those <laughs> crip courses that he's taking. But they asked him about, said, you know, the hatred for Army, is that what inspires the midshipmen? He said, no, not at all. He said, um, it's not hate for the guy across the line of scrimmage. It's love for the guy beside you. And I thought, what a great way to put that. And, you know, it's not like Auburn, Alabama, where you really do hate that guy across the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Florida, Florida State, you, Michigan, Ohio State, you name any of those rivalries. And it's pure hatred in a lot of them. Well, it, it can get that way. And, again, a lot of that has to do with the way the, the, game, the game is played and encouraged to – Hate your hate your opponent. You know, uh, it's because it's the only way you can defeat them is if you absolutely hate them. But what's interesting is that it's because of the closeness of the players. They, they all grew up together, 
And that's what I think makes the rivalry so ferocious. And and because of that uber competitive nature, sometimes it, it grows into hate. But I think I think as you get older, you get, they get over that, and it becomes a healthy respect both for their opponent and for the game. And, and it's really special for that reason, but not because of the hate, but because of the intensity of these games. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they've had some really great pranks that they've pulled on each other over the years. And I looked some of this up. And, of course, you know, Army has stolen the Navy goat. Yeah. And Navy <laughs> has only once successfully stolen the Army mule. But, uh, I think it was this year the Navy pulled a prank. And what they did is they flew over Army's practice field and dropped, bombarded them with ping pong balls that said, <laughs> fly Navy, beat Army. <laughs> but that's the kind of healthy Stuff that you get that you know really makes that rivalry so wonderful. It, it, there's some crazy stuff that goes on, and, and I think that uh, the the players themselves, because they're part of something so much bigger, I think they have the best perspective of where football is is part of that, part of what makes them greater, what makes them stronger, but also keeping in mind that regardless of the result of the game. You know, they're, they're there for a bigger purpose, and they're serving a bigger purpose. And they, they sort of put their service ahead of themselves, and, and you can see that in the way they play football, too. There's no doubt about it, and you know, that's one of the things that this uh, kid mentioned, too, is he said that, you know, you got to realize that someday I might be called upon to save the life of that Army player across the line or vice versa. And he said— you know, yeah, the football game's important, but like you say, there's a much higher purpose to learning the discipline that they've learned. And you see it carried out on the field. And, you know, ironically, Ken Niamatololo, the Navy coach, and then Jeff Monk and the Army coach are both from the Paul Johnson coaching tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, both coached under him. You know, he coached at Georgia Tech and he coached at Navy and was very successful. It um, everywhere he went, and uh, it, it's odd that both of them would be from the same tree. Well, that that is that is in- incredible. You know, I I think that after a season full, week after week of of just pure passion and almost tribal intensity for our teams, and then in advance of the upcoming playoffs, where everything's going to be decided in the bowl games and all the pageantry there, having this Army Navy Navy game is like. A reminder. It's a perspective for the fans of college football, like us, like every, our listeners out there. You know, as to we always talk about, it's just a game. Yeah, but it, it means something more. You know, I mean, we know that it's a, it's a game that's being played, but it, it's a powerful emotional reaction that we have to this game. But amongst all that, among the week after week of the high tension and, and high stakes and high intensity, to have this game is a reminder of what it's all about. Why why we care so much, you know, uh, and, and why, and it gives us a perspective and why, you know, we can, we can, no matter what the result of the game against Georgia, you know, we're going to, we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. (laughs) This is what really matters. And we'll see you next year. You know, exactly. And, you know, one of the things I never understood this, you've seen a lot of movies and stuff where the um, drill sergeant, you know, will come in and they've made their beds and he'll just tear it up and throw it in the floor. And I always thought, that's so stupid, but it's not. 
and, and I heard it explained one time, and it hit me. Wow, that makes sense. And what they said was that when you're in combat, very seldom, he said, when the first shot is fired is when the plan goes to Hades. <laughs> and so that's why they do that, is to teach them. And a great example of that that happened on the football field is last year, Navy is facing a fourth and one at their own 34. They're getting ready to punt. And so when Diego Fago, who was the up back, called the play in the huddle, the center thought he heard the fake punt call. So he fires the ball back to Fago, the up back, who barely caught it because it was a lot faster than you know he would have expected. He wasn't expecting it to start with. Well, he he gets it and runs for a first down, stiff arms the guy right at the line of scrimmage and gets the first down. And Navy goes on to kick the field goal that ended up, they were up 14-13 at the time, so there's no way they would have gone for that fourth and one on their own 34 at that time. And But that is what they're learning there is when things go awry, you've got to be ready to react. And things usually do go awry in a yeah. football game. <laughs> yeah, It rarely goes according to plan. You know, the, the ability to react and respond to adversity uh, is such an important part of part of their training and and you can and, and i wish i wish uh more teams i wish the teams we rooted for had the kind of discipline <laughs> you know they, you talk about whether it's good or bad football it's very well disciplined well drilled football and and you don't see crazy unbelievable mistakes what are they thinking you know because because there's there's that focus and there's that dedication, that concentration. These are special people who are able to rise to the level of succeeding at the Army and Navy uh, Naval Academy and and also being good enough to play football for these teams too. Yeah, exactly. And one of the funny things I thought was plebes, you know, which are the freshmen, they're not allowed to speak very much at all. They said that <laughs> One of the few things they can say is at West Point is beat Navy, go Army, beat Navy. And same thing at the Naval Academy. You know, shut up, plebe. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, go Navy, beat Army. <laughs> no, no doubt. You know, it's uh, uh, well, you know, they learned to listen that first year, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Precisely. Um, you know, I've been to all three of the service academies, and all of them have a beautiful campus. and there's just so much history there. If you've never been, I suggest you go. We got a tour the last time that I was up in Maryland, and we went on a tour at the Naval Academy, and there's just so much history. You know, you go in there, and you see Roger Staubach's Heisman Trophy and Joe Bellino's Heisman Trophy. And when I was at Army, I didn't get a chance to tour the campus. We drove around, but we were with the family of one of the um, Army cadets. And uh, it's just something you really need to do. And, oh, you go out to Colorado Springs and that the mountains in the background and you're sitting in the stadium there and it's just so beautiful. Oh, I've never been to any of those, but it does sound terrific. You know, uh, uh, I know that you're talking earlier about how they, they learn to deal with adversity. Uh, that's similar to the way Eric treats us on this show. You know, oh, yeah, we, we've yeah. learned to deal with adversity because of what he does to us whenever we do make a mistake. <laughs> I, <laughs> Which we'd like to think was rare, but he doesn't think so. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to listen to Kim Commando. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Kicking off the second hour. 
or the second half hour, there we go, of Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe in the Ozone, and no extra charge, we're going to bring in Daryl. Daryl, how are you tonight, my man? Doing fine. It's always it's always good to find out what's happening on the Ozone. Oh, yes, sir. I heard you got an Army-Navy story. Got a great Army-Navy story. So um, my best friend in high school was a West Point graduate. All right. And um, anyway, he tragically passed away in 91 due to a medical mm. malpractice is what it was, actually. And I was at, I actually um, was at West Point uh, for his funeral. I took his mother up for his, for his funeral. He's buried there at West Point. But anyway, he, he um, in addition to graduating from there, he went back and he um, taught there for two, two, um, two terms, and he also uh, coached the squash team. But anyway, the story that I have, if you've got a moment. Sure. He told me this. So anyway, the, um, both Army and Navy, um, the cadets as well as the midshipmen, they take, a tra- they take the train to Philadelphia for the game. Uh, and they have the weekend off, which is a big deal, okay, because they don't get many weekends off. <laughs> so anyway, so um, he went, he was there during the 70s. He was a member of the class of 77. If you remember, the class of 77 had some problems, but he was not part of that. But anyway, after the game in which Navy had won once again, and um, they were on the, he and a group of his friends were on their way back to the train station and got to the train station to, to go back to West Point. They were obviously ticked off. He used other words, but anyway, <laughs> was not, he was not happy. So anyway, they get to the train station, and lo and behold, there was a um, somewhat inebriated um, midshipman that was there. No. And he was giving them a hard time. Okay, so anyway, they they were trying to be nice to the fellow, but he just he wouldn't let up. So he, so they looked around and they said it was obvious that he was totally inebriated and probably was going to have a difficult time finding his train back to Annapolis. So they helped him out like the good guys that they were. <laughs> and lo and behold, yes, they got him on the train. Chicago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a great story! And, and he, now he claims it's true. Th- those, let me tell you something. They take that game seriously, and they don't like to lose. Oh, I'm telling you. But anyway, but uh, it's a great game, and every year that I watch it, I think of him. They never won while he was there. Army oh, never won. And. Um, and he, he would he would he would write letters when I was in Gainesville. He and I were in Gainesville for one year together, and then he got to the academy and left Gainesville and went up there. But he would write me letters and tell me how ticked off he was at what was happening there with regards to the the football team. But Army's turned it around in the last few years. They lost last year, as I recall, but they had won several years in a row. So, but anyway, but that's oh, my story. And uh, God, God bless him. God rest his soul. He's been gone since '91, but um, he was a great character, and he had some incredible stories to tell about not only the Army Navy game, but everything that happens at West Point 
and it's quite a place. It's quite well, a place. Daryl, thank you so much. Really appreciate you calling in and sharing that story. That's a great story. Yeah, I, I mean, he, you would have thought that it, looking at him when he told me the story, there was no doubt it was true. There oh, was no my doubt gosh. in my mind it was true. And I don't know, you wonder what happened to the fellow when the next day when he sobered up and realized he was uh, halfway across the country. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Daryl, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling one. in. You too. Okay, bye. Well, you know, we were fortunate enough. We've had Roger Staubach on. We've had Joe Bellino on. And Michael Lean actually saw Joe Bellino play in person in the 1961 Orange Bowl when they played Missouri after he had won the Heisman Trophy. What do you remember about that, Michael Lean? Well, you're really aging me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I am Joe, uh, Coach Joe's older sister, and <laughs> he wasn't even born then. Much smarter sister, too. One, one of my earliest memories is uh, the Orange Bowl game in uh, January. Well, we figured out, with all this talk of the Army-Navy, we figured out it was January 1st, 1961. And Navy played Missouri, but... The thing that 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 stayed in my mind wasn't necessarily who was playing for who, but that President Kennedy was at the time President elect Kennedy was uh, at the game and he was seated in the Orange Bowl and my dad and I were across the stadium. So we with the binoculars, we were you know looking for the president elect like everybody else. It was uh it was an exciting game, uh, but Navy lost. And, of course, President Kennedy, being a naval uh, veteran, was was there to see Navy, but they ended up losing. And it was right after Joe Bellino had uh, won the Heisman. You figured that out, yeah. And he was quite the sensation. The, the Orange Bowl was a very big deal then for uh, – for the Miami area where Coach Joe and I grew up. Uh, and, uh, there were parades and festivals and everything surrounding it. The Kennedy family had, uh, as many people remember, their winter home in the Palm Beach area. So yeah. they it's... were frequently at various events in the wintertime. But that was a, a particularly exciting because the election had just been a couple months before. He had not been inaugurated yet. Right. You know, I wonder, it, it must be difficult on these presidents. Kennedy, you know, when the presidents go to the Army-Navy game, they sit on one side for half the game and on the other side. How difficult is it if you're a Navy veteran sitting on the Army side pretending to be unbiased, just like I'm sure Dwight Eisenhower, when he's sitting on the Navy side, it's like, a fake smile on his face saying, yeah, that was really nice. Well, well that wasn't President, again. President Kennedy. I mean, he, he probably went to Army-Navy games after that, but he didn't have that problem on that day. He was in the Navy <laughs> section yeah. the whole time. You know? It, you know, the Orange Bowl, it, it was built way, way back long ago, so it didn't have all those fancy skyboxes or anything no. like that. So President Kennedy was in the stands. He was in yeah. the stands. And I he, can remember the sun shining on the stadium. Yeah, yeah back yeah. Th back then it was yeah. always played during the daytime. And, yeah. and he was at at least one other Orange Bowl game as well uh, before he, he died in 1963. I think the, the Orange Bowl right before that, uh, I think Nebraska and Alabama, I believe, was the game. You mean on 
New uh, Year's Day of 63? Yeah. Was that the one Nebraska just stomped them? I think so. I think it was that like game. Like 34 to 6 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, was that who was Bob that, Who was that linebacker for Nebraska? Was Leroy or Alabama? Leroy Jordan, I think, played in that game. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't – I can't remember. Uh, one, one thing I do remember is – Leroy Jordan, he was such a great college player, and it might have taken. Or Alabama was playing maybe Oklahoma, and Oklahoma had a great running back, and they were in a press conference or something. They were going on about this great running back, and they said, um, "Coach said, uh, what, what do you think you guys can do against him?" He said, "If he runs between those white lines, Leroy get him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a spectacular player. Uh, you know, not just with with Alabama, but then a long career with the Cowboys. Yeah, he and, did. Yeah, and, and is he not a Hall of Famer? I, I think he is. He is. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. See. I, I'm I pretty mean, sure he is. He, you know, he was a, a wrecking crew for ten or fifteen years in football. Boy, he college was. in the NFL. What a great he player! He lasted a long time. Yeah, yeah. He, he really did. And um, well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we come back. Coach Joe, we might just have that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House to our yeah. sports quiz winner. More exciting news from the Ale House, too. There you go. Stay tuned. You're, you're <laughs> listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WFKF. Hi, everybody. This is Tommy Lasorda with the Los Angeles Dodgers, former manager and now advisor to the chairman of the board. Uh, you're listening to Ronnie Ocean and the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe, we've solved our technical problems, and with us on the phone is Congressman Scott Franklin, a graduate of the United States Naval Academy, 14 years of active duty, 12 years in the reserves, and he flew off of 13 aircraft carriers. Scott, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Great to be with you. Oh, man, we really appreciate it. You know, I heard something today. I heard uh, Nick Straw, one of the Navy captains, and they were interviewing him on a national show, and they said, are you motivated by your hatred for Army? And he said, no. He said, "Um, I don't hate the guy across the line of scrimmage. It's my love for the guy beside me that motivates me. Um, how, How would you react to that statement? You know, I'd say that's that's very accurate. You know, there's uh, for 364 days a year, we're brothers in arms. One day a year, we just want to destroy each other. But, uh, you know, some of my, my longest and best friends were Army guys. Uh, I still stay in touch with them. In fact, I'm going to see some this weekend in Philadelphia. And uh, I even had uh, even had West Point guys in my wedding, if you can believe that. <laughs> uh, Scott, um, one of the things that, they prepare you for it, all of the academies, is the unpredictability of combat. And I thought a great example of how football ties into that happened in last year's game. Navy had a fourth down and one on their own 34, and when they broke the huddle, the center thought he had heard Diego Fago, the Navy captain on special teams, call a fake punt. Well, he snaps the ball to Fago, the up back. And Fago barely caught the ball, but immediately he knew what to do. He stiff-armed a guy. He ran for the first down. And they showed Ken Niamatololo, the Navy coach, on the sideline. (laughs) And you could see he was like, what the heck are we doing? Now, talk a little bit about how they prepare you 
through sports, not only sports, but everything you do about the unpredictability of combat. Well, that's part of the program from the very beginning, and sports are a very big part of that. Um, doesn't matter what you do um, or what your background was in sports before you came to the Naval Academy. Everyone has to play sports, whether it's at the varsity level or uh, you know club level or intramural. But but every day at the end of, of, of class, everyone participates in some kind of sports, and I think that's exactly what it is. It's to build teamwork, uh, resilience. You know, figuring out how to how to get the mission accomplished, and, and most particularly how to work with the with the folks around you. But that was an incredible play last year. I remember watching the coaches surprise. And you know, if, if you ever watch uh, Coach Nimalolo when it, when there's a field goal on the line or anything like that, he can't even watch. He drops to his knees and he, he kind of prays through the whole thing. He can't even keep his eyes on the field. Uh, well, the Navy is. Uh, after your own heart with the uniforms this year, there's been 54 Naval Academy graduates that were been astronauts, and they've gone with a NASA um, uh, logo on one side of the helmet and a spacewalking yep. astronaut on the other side. Uh, what do you think about the Navy uniforms this year? Well, you know, we, we love to rub it in. The Air Force guys like to think they're all about space and that, but we, we do have to remind them that Navy has had more astronauts than any of the services. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw online the helmets. I haven't had a chance to see them up close, but I, I will see them in person on Saturday. Oh, we're having a chance to catch up with Congressman Scott Franklin, a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, congressman of the, is it the 15th District? Is that right? Or yes, it is. Okay. Currently. <laughs> Yeah, fifteenth. It, it'll be the eighteenth come January. That's what it was. It's they're changing it to the eighteenth. Okay, thank thank you for for, for updating me on that. Uh, Six eight two fourteen thirty. If you uh, want to join the show, uh, Congressman, it's great talking to you. Um, if you get a chance, uh, uh, we've had Congressman Burgess Owens uh, on the show several times. You say hi, hi to him for us, okay? We get a chance up there. But uh, if I want to ask you, you know, the Navy this year. Hasn't been great, but they've been getting better. They beat UCF. I watched that game. That was that was amazing. Uh, you're two and a half point favorites. Uh, any guidance for for those of us who pay attention to that sort of thing on on how the how your guys might do this weekend? Well, I, I honestly wish we weren't favored to win. Uh, <laughs> we always like sneaking up on Army from behind. But I would tell you, we Navy's got a much better team than their record indicates this year. Uh, you know, we, we barely lost the Air Force, so no matter what the outcome is, since uh, Air Force already beat Army, they're going to win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Uh, we had a heck of a comeback against Notre Dame, and, uh, you know, if we'd gotten an onside kick at the end, we could have possibly tied that game up. But uh, that one, we lost by three, and then this win over UCF was great. So I, I'm expecting good things, but, but, again, I'd much rather go in as the underdog. For us at Navy – you know, it doesn't matter. We could be 0-11 come Army-Navy game. If you win that one game, it's a winning season. Scott, um, unfortunately, we've got a short segment. Thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And um, before we go, what does every midshipman say on this weekend? <laughs> Beat Army. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Congressman. We really appreciate that. Thanks very much, Congressman. All right, y'all have a good night. All uh, right, you too. Congressman Scott Franklin from Lakeland, Florida, and um, just a great human being. I tell you what, we're very fortunate to have him up there in Congress. Coach Joe came up with a great sports quiz. We've got $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse for our sports quiz winner, and we've got a short segment, so we'll hang around afterwards if it takes a little while. There are three games played at neutral sites, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma. Now, is the third 
Alabama-Auburn, Army-Navy, or USC-Southern Cal and UCLA. So, 682-1430, we've got five minutes left in the show. 682-1430. Coach Joe, you got some news from the Ale House. Big, big news for those of us who are huge fans of the Ale House, and if you're not, you should be. Uh, tomorrow and Saturday, that's so Friday and Saturday, the Ale House will be opening early again, just like they did last week. They'll be opening at 10 a.m. on both Friday and Saturday uh, for the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Uh, and that is a great place to watch the game. Now, now this past Saturday when the U.S. was playing and we got there, uh, Dr. Mike Lean and I were there at, uh, for the 10 o'clock uh, start. And uh, Jorge, the general manager there, he made us a special breakfast. All right. <laughs> he took it off the menu and made it for us. Now, if you guys go there this weekend, Jorge's not going to be around, so don't expect that. But they got great specials on the menu that you're going to love, plus dollar wings during the soccer game. So, so if you want to see Brazil, 10 o'clock tomorrow. And that, who doesn't? But uh, although I have to work, so I'll miss that one. But then Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal, ten o'clock on Saturday, and of course, then there's also games at two o'clock on both Friday and Saturday. Four games, the quarterfinals of the World Cup. The Ale House is the place to watch them. For those of us who love soccer, that is the place to go. It's great coverage, great service, and they take good care of their great specials. Well, now as I understand it, Eric Clark has taken his credit card out there, and everyone's lunch and drinks are on Eric Clark. Is, did you hear that? It's not true! <laughs> no! The Eric Clark World Cup special, right? <laughs> it's not true! Well, we got a caller trying to call in. They're hungry and thirsty, and Eric is denying everything. You know, he's, he has no limit on his credit card. It, it's unlimited. <laughs> There, it, it's like the platinum. Uh, what's 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 greater than platinum? I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know whatever the vibranium got, or what that stuff is. that yeah. only exists in the movies. Watch a macaulium. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so somebody wants wants to go to the the ale house where you'll likely see me at some point tomorrow. Now I won't be there for Brazil in the morning, but later in the day, Alex and I uh, might just be there for that. Uh, see Lionel Messi in Argentina play. Uh, they play the Netherlands, so that's uh, again. These are incredible matchups coming up. They, you know, the World Cup is only every four years, and you see the best the game has to offer, and it's really, really special stuff. Great players playing at their absolute level best, and something that matters to them more than life itself. <laughs> it, it's with that intensity. All right, we we got a caller. It's hungry and thirsty. Who's this? Dorsey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I know you're hungry and thirsty. Oh, I stay that way. I'm trying to grow taller. <laughs> I'm working. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was a great segment just now uh, with Scott Franklin. Uh, said he was a great human being. You got that right. And, again, we are so fortunate to have a man of his caliber and his family, Amy and so forth, uh, representing us up there in Washington. That's true. You know, his mother taught my kids, I think it was in second grade, and uh, his parents are just as great a people as, they, as Scott and Amy. I got to see him at uh, the uh, Mission Barbecue. He and John, Jim, his dad, were there eating, and Sandy and I were there uh, after something. Anyway, uh, just wonderful people, and I know a lot of people had uh, – uh, his uh, Scott's mom at uh, uh, Scott Lake. I don't know if she moved over to Valley View when they moved or not. I mean, when that school was created, but just great people. They really are. Well, I know you know the answer, Dorsey. Which um, 
which one of these games is played on a neutral site every year? Alabama Auburn. I know you know that one. No, Army Navy or Southern nope. Cal UCLA. That last one. Um, the three choices, Dorsey, were um, uh, Auburn, Alabama, Army, Navy, and USC, uh, and Notre Dame. Uh, only one of those oh. is played at a neutral site every year. I thought it was, was it, what was the last one, USC and I thought Southern Cal UCLA. and UCLA. No, yeah, you, I, thought it was, I thought that was the answer, but I. It's, it's Army, Navy. You're right. Well, oh, you, I know you, you were going to say that. partial so. credit, though. USC and UCLA. Um, used to play at the same stadium every year. They don't anymore, but they used to. So for years, that was technically a neutral site because they shared the same home field. So we're going to give you give you. Yeah, credit. we're going to give that to you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hang on the line, Dorsey, and uh, let Eric get your information. And okay, we, y'all we'll are send you out nice. to the Ale House for that $30 gift certificate. Oh, y'all are, y'all are so nice. Thank you. All right. Dorsey, thank you.